What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode two of Pouring Coffee. My name is Pete Fakaisen, and I'm here with Nick Clark. And we have a special guest this week on Pouring Coffee, and that is Angie Stevenson. What's up, Angie? Hi, guys. Good morning. Hey, Good morning. hey, hey. Thank you for joining us today. Thank so, you for um, yeah, week uh, week number two here of our podcast. Thought week one was uh, pretty good, and for all of you out, all of you out there, um, you know, pouring coffee um, is really a intro for you into real estate, mortgage, and everything kind of happening today. Uh, you know, within that world, um, you know, the adage of pouring coffee is making stuff happen. Um, and as your resident real estate mortgage pros here, we're here to give you kind of that info of the week. Hopefully this will be your focus point of the week where you can listen in, understand a little bit about the market, maybe get a few takeaways from our special guests and, uh, yeah, learn a little bit more about, uh, uh, Nick and I. So anyways, without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Angie Stevenson. She is a real estate agent here in Massachusetts on the South Shore, uh, based in Hingham. Angie, what's happening? Not much. You know, just um, taking this fall market day by day. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, yeah. So, you know, usually we start the show with the weekend recap. How was, uh, how was the buyer flow and uh, how was the listing flow um, this weekend yeah. uh, for the areas that you are uh, covering? Yep. So I, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Andy Stevenson. I am a real estate agent and a, I run a small team at Compass based in Hingham. So we and my team sell from, I would say Quincy to Plymouth. My emphasis is closer to Hingham. And this weekend we saw, we saw a combination of some houses with a lot of activity and multiple offers. And maybe not people going as crazy over as they would have in the beginning of 2022 through like late spring 2022. And then we also saw some people get cold feet, change their minds. That's another thing. That's just a reality of some buyers right now. Um, as far as listings, I am getting those phone calls. Um, I did take uh, two new listings last week that I'm going to be bringing to market because the, what I'm hearing from the seller is, you know, we know what we're dealing with now and maybe we aren't sure about later this year, but gosh, you know, we've been waiting and waiting and we've been watching and there's just no time like the present. So we're just going to give it a shot, especially while we still have the beautiful weather here and, yep. you know, leaves on trees and green lawns and houses are looking great. Um, I love, I love a fall market and I love to kind of talk through fall buyers, fall sellers versus spring and the seasonality in the business. But yeah, this weekend, um, you know, we saw some things happening and we have definitely noticed that buyers, some buyers are, are out. Um, there are some people who, for whom it just became untenable with rates. And then there's some who've shifted into new price points, changed their expectations. And then there's some sidelined buyers who got beat up the, the, for the first two quarters of this year, three quarters of this year. And now they can buy because they feel like they finally have a tiny bit of leverage. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that, um, I mean, it, it was odd. I mean, first of all, it was, you know, Columbus weekend slash Indigenous People weekend, which, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think 
both people, you know, everybody was celebrating a, an extra day off, no matter what day it was. Um, but, um, you know, we we saw a huge buyer uptick this weekend, which was kind of crazy, given it was a pseudo holiday. Um, you know, school was out on Monday. And yeah, I mean, I mean, Nick got multiple deals under agreement. So did I. Um, we still have offers kind of flying today. So, you know, I think that kind of message out there that I've been seeing from a lot of the real estate community is, you know, there are options for buyers, number one, to get into properties uh, through special programs, which is our product of the week we'll talk about later. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, there are options to get your rate low to kind of bridge you to that, um, you know, satisfactory below 5% interest rate environment where, right. you know, we've been there for a long time. And, you know, um, the supply that we've seen actually in the marketplace is really good because this is a, this is a good time to buy. You know, if you look at charts year over year, when is the best time to buy or when is the best time to actually get a deal where it's, you know, not the site of, okay, I've got to, I've got to list my home in the spring, Angie, to make the most money. Right. Um, or I've got to I've got to buy a home because there's that's when the, there's going to be the most inventory. Um, I, I really think that, you know, you know, well, I do know, not think, but Nick and I put together, you know, a chart showing, hey, if I were to make an offer on a five hundred thousand dollar property today, but it was in last spring, we'd probably be paying six hundred grand for that property. Oh, correct. Right. Absolutely. Whereas today, a $500,000 property might go at $500,000. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. if you compare that $500,000 deal that you paid six hundred dollars for and you put 20% down, that four eighty dollars mortgage versus 20% down on $500,000 versus $400,000 mm -hmm. um, mortgage, even with an interest rate um, you know, of, let's say, 35 versus 6%, um, you're still saving money longer term on the, um, you know, buying a house today than you did right. in the spring. Right. So, you know, it's scary to me for the, you know, folks that bought a few years ago, I mean, bought within the last few years, it's, it's kind of, you know, I'd say one thing that we saw is there was so much equity. Like we rarely, mm -hmm. I mean, Nick, like the first time home buyer hasn't like really been around the last couple of years. Nope. Right? Like the 5% down people, like people are coming out of the woodwork right now. I think for us, like we're working on a deal right now. It's just qualification, Angie. It's like, how do we get the seller to work with us to give a little credit back to buy down their rate? Right. And that's something we're yes. going to talk about later. But uh, good news is, stuff. you know, inventory's there and, you know, I'm going to say it over and over and over again. And I hear other people saying the, the opposite, but. You never want to rent over buying. Okay. You right. always want if you own a property, 100%. you you're you're investing, right? Yep. If if that's you're right. renting a property, you know, that's a bridge. That's a bridge to nowhere because you're just paying my mortgage for me as an investor. So you're, you're going to be in real estate from maybe maybe 30 to 90 years old, right? Yep. And there's gonna be different markets, there's gonna be different properties, you're gonna have different different needs along the way. But this isn't a one and done thing. Um yeah, so it is. It is so. It, there's always a way to jump on that bottom rung of the ladder and just get started. And right now, you're definitely going to have an advantage over renting. I mean, the rents have really gone up too. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, rents are crazy, mm -hmm. crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, I we we've had multiple clients not be able to get rentals um, right. in, in the town <laughs> that they live in with kids and schooling and you we know this and that. So 
But well, that's awesome. Well, Angie, thank you for introducing yourself and kind of going through where you cover. So now we're going to hit you with a few <coughs> questions um, that we uh, we want to learn more about the marketplace. And <laughs> so, all right. So, um, what makes Hingham so special on the South Shore? Um, why did why did you guys choose to move there with mm -hmm. your family? And mm -hmm. why is it so why is it such a great spot for you to do business in? That's a great question. You know, Hingham is really special. Um, I've been here about 12 years now. I'm originally a South Shore girl. I grew up in Kingston, Massachusetts, and I lived in a few other towns on the South Shore as well. Um, it's really a destination. It's a known place now. And it has, you know, a the community itself is beautiful. There's some of the best examples of you know, traditional endemic New England architecture. You know, it's one of the most beautiful um, communities in the country. If you're if you like that, you know, our main street is known for the gorgeous homes that are there. From Captain's really houses. Captain's. Exactly. As a kid going to Hull, we drive right down Main Street, um, you know, coming in. Um, and it was just like, you know, going down to Hull as a kid, I remember going, wow, go. look at these houses. And my dad is captain's homes, Pete. Yep. Captain's. I ha actually I have one under agreement on Lincoln street in the Lincoln historic district from the early 1700s. And then we have beautiful, you know, homes from every area up, up to, um, the Victorian era, like we see a lot of in Hull too. So it's just a very pretty town. It's a big town, 22,000 people. This is really yep. simple for everyone. Um, people come here for our schools. They come here for all of the amenities for people of all ages, but certainly for families and kids, you could never run out of things to do. There's a lot of conservation land. We have World's End, which is a, a gorgeous place to take a walk. Um, out into Boston Harbor. And we also have Wampatuck State Park, Turkey Hill. So the outdoor amenities here are fabulous. And then of course the water. So you can you can live a very busy, active, sort of bustling um, lifestyle with very easy access to Boston for work, or if you're working from home, that's you know that's changed a little bit, but it's there by by ferry or train. Being able to take that ferry to the financial district is unbelievable and really, really special. But at the end of the day, you know, we offer um, everything that some of these really desirable suburbs offer, but we're on the water. So it's a big sailing town, boating town, you know, kayaking or just enjoying the views, just taking a walk. Um, and then we've also got some really great restaurants, shops. It's a fun place to live. Um, I feel very, very fortunate that we're able to be here and our kids are growing up here. It's been awesome. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, Hingham's a great spot. Um, Nick, isn't the boat one of your favorite things? Yeah. Well, the bar on the boat. Yeah, the yeah. bar on the way back. Right. I mean, <clears throat> makes a commute on the boat, more bearable. Boston. I'd rather sit on that than, you know, commuter rail. Yeah. Oh, sure. When we first opened the Compass office here on the South Shore, this was in almost five years ago now, we did a couple of, of um, like pop-up boat bar takeovers. Mm -hmm. And so we all boarded the boat a couple the handful of agents started the office and then all the drinks were on us. It was so much fun. And the MBTA people were actually kind of cool to work with. They made it easy yeah. for us, but it's such a, it's such a good vibe. It's very festive and fun. The, you know, the views are great. It's a quick ride. It's something that really makes our town stand out. Awesome. Sounds good. So, you know, with the housing market, you know, I think last week said that the luxury market in New York City was down 26%. Mm -hmm. um, I really, you know, 
I had somebody actually at Compass last week run some numbers for me um, at, at headquarters in Boston on, you know, just the Boston condo market. And, you know, the interesting thing was you guys are down, right, as realtors, and so are we. We're down business-wise, but it's not due to price. It's due right. to units. Correct. Right? And I thought that was very very interesting to find out that yeah we like when you see numbers and headlines folks out there on CNBC Fox Business um you know the the real real talk and stuff like that and you're you're looking at real estate trends you really have to look at the numbers when it looks when it comes to pricing not the number of units on the market sometimes because when we looked at okay year over year where are we yeah we're down 26% in Boston from a condo sales perspective, but the pricing is even, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. the pricing month over month really hasn't come down that much in that marketplace. Now, when we look at the South Shore in general, um, what would you say, like, from a selling standpoint, if I wanted to list my home in, you know, the Hingham marketplace, like, you know, what would you say to someone today in regards to, you know, how is that inventory looking? How do you position yourself? And I'm mm -hmm. basically asking you this question because I do my research before these shows. Yep. And I saw one of your reels on why, you know, don't be afraid of this marketplace. So explain that a little bit. Sure. Yeah, I think we just, we have to just be um, smart about pricing and, you know, price with the market, um, work with your agent on a price that's grounded in actual data the houses that are, if you're a seller, you know, if your house is in in good condition and it's moving ready and it's priced um, realistically, it's going to move and it's going to move quickly because we still are in a very low inventory environment. Right. Hingham has 42 active listings right now. It's crept up a little bit. And I feel like the, the trends kind of land here first and then they'll work their way south where you might see a little bit stronger competition in in Situate and Marshfield and Duxbury. Um, Hingham, it seemed to stack up a little faster. We saw price breaks first. We saw home sale contingencies come back first. But right, you know, I think there's three things that a sellers need to think about. It's the actual product itself. What are you selling? You know, what what are the attributes of your property? Is there anything you can do to improve it? I mean, people still want houses that are pretty much move-in ready. The the bulk of the buyers out there right now are are, are busy. They're working hard to pay these high prices for these homes. The average buyer is not looking for a fixer upper. They're, right. they're, they're out there, but if your house is moving ready and you know the product is good, if the positioning is right, it's being marketed properly, you still need to have beautiful photography, good marketing, and we're going to see more marketing return as homes are on the market for several weeks, as opposed to going in the first 48 hours. You got to make sure your agent is on point with that strategy to carry you through three or four weekends instead of just one, right? And it's pricing. And those are those are the levers you can move. There's only three, there's only three factors outside of obviously the general economic factors. It's the, mm -hmm. it's the actual product, it's the presentation, the marketing, the product, and it's the pricing. If the marketing's on point, the product's on point and it's not moving, then maybe you have a pricing issue and you need to talk to your agent about how to get how to get real. Um Yep. So it, it all sells, right? It's just, a, it just, it's just dependent. It just on matters what price it's going to be when it sells, exactly. right? I mean, we just had a client that they've been on the market for three weeks. They went with a different agent than one that was recommended. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it is what it is, but they had listed and they're under agreement for $125,000 lower. And they're under right. agreement. They're moving up. They're moving up. They're getting another great house. But, you know, we're back at the price where, you know, they're 50 grand lower than where they were told to price the house at because yeah. it needed to be updated. It hadn't been really that, but they didn't take the advice of some people um, that maybe they, they should have kind of, you know, looked at it because I, I got it. I just, you know, the longer things sit, the smarter the buyers get. Right. Right. So, yeah. you know, and they're like, you know, we've got, uh, I mean, you know, we have many buyers that we are running numbers for that are like, nope, I'm not doing it. Um, yeah, they're, they're saying no for the wait. first time. I, yeah. That's a huge trend. And yeah. guess what? Sellers, you need to be prepared that you are going to see post-home inspection requests. They are back, period. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. get ready for your bluff to be called if you say no, no, no. Mm-hmm. We're going to see buyers and sellers like this over the next six to eight weeks. And the sellers, some sellers are going to have whiplash. When it's like, you didn't yeah. want to you didn't want to replace this or that, guess what? They're out because they're questioning, hey, is there a chance that I could get this house for less money a few weeks from now? Right. So a deal, yeah. 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 So you want a to work yep. together. You want yeah, to be all to work together. Right. And I think a deal with um, other factors too, like we're seeing, you know, negotiations, like you were just talking about mm-hmm. on inspections. Mm-hmm. We're, seeing nego- we're seeing negotiations on price after after even that. Um, you know, people just having buyer's remorse. I read, uh, I think it was last Friday that, um, the amount of deals that have fallen apart are almost equal to the amount of deals that are coming together. Um, so let, let me ask you this, cause this is something that, you know, Nick and I have seen a trend over the last, let's say five Mm -hmm. months, but we have inspired our buyers and have really given a lot of agents that we know. Um, a lot of good advice because many agents don't know about putting in a backup offer, right? Yeah. So, you know, if you, ha- if you really love a house, why wouldn't you want to put in a backup offer? Is there any reason why? Because we, we've, it's like some of the agents are like, oh, I've never done that. <laughs> I mean, if you love the house and you got outbid, but you still want to <laughs> make a run at it, like, why not put a backup offer in? I mean, is that a bad thing to do? I don't know. It doesn't tie you down because you're not under agreement. Right. And you can withdraw it at any, any point. No, I don't see it as a bad thing because we are going to see, look, we're getting back to just some normal real estate practices like home inspection, negotiating, second showings, counter offers, you know, maybe some issues with financing. So yeah, why not you as a seller? It's not, it's in your best interest to have somebody in the background. It gives you a little bit of leverage too. If buyer number one is acting up, you can say, well, I do have a backup on buyer number two. It might mm-hmm. help you a little bit. Um, if you decide playing a little bit more hardball with your agent is the move. But yeah, why why not? Things, things happen. This is real yeah. life. Things change for all different reasons, right? I did, I did have a, a listing a couple of weeks ago where we got four offers. Buyer number one walked. And buyer three ended up being the one who got it. But two and three were competing with each other because they right. stayed with me with backup offers and they stayed in the mix. So they yeah. still got, they still got over asking, even though buyer one walked. Um, it's always good to have options in life, right? That's my and, my and you know, at, at, you know, putting on your listing agent hat, I mean, are, are we starting to see, I mean, we've seen a couple people 
actually, so we've got inspections that are being contingencies. Mm -hmm. We've mm -hmm. got, um, we have a few under agreement with home sale contingencies, yes. which I'm baffled yeah. about. Yes. Um, yep. So home sale contingencies. So I, I would say the, you know, the biggest thing out there right now is if you're a buyer and you have one of these situations, we've had a lot of home sale contingencies on offers this week get accepted. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Don't, don't, yeah. Don't be afraid. And also, you know, when you're going out to market your home, if part of the plan is, hey, listen, you do have to sell before you buy, you know, but you, there's a some sort of contingency where, you know, you never know what that other buyer, if you're listing your home mm -hmm. situation is until you know it right. and, or until you ask, hey, listen, you know, we just had a situation this week where we've got a client that's got a, a kid in high school and they don't want to move before May. So they want to literally, they want to close in February and rent back for 90 days. The one thing I want to tell everyone here is we do give exceptions, okay? Written permission to people, you know, if like more you, than 60. If, if you need more than 60 days to move into another home, okay? And it makes sense. No. We, have, we can't just, you know, not bring it up, but we bring it up and we get the exception up front saying, hey, we're going to move. We're going to sell our home, but my kid's in school until this date. So we're going to rent back for a little bit. Is that okay? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's really important. Place. You know, we don't commit fraud. We're upfront on every single deal. And I think it's better to be upfront about things and talk about it than just being told, oh, no, you can't do this or no, you can't do that. So, and, and by the way, you don't know what that other buyer is, you know, as a seller, you don't know what that other buyer situation is. Maybe, maybe they're a reload and they don't care. And they're in a rental until June anyways. So they don't care, but they'll close on the house and let you rent back. Right. So that, that's where having a good agent really gives you an advantage because they should be asking those questions and speaking to the buyer's agent and really finding out and asking why. And this is the market to try this is the market to try what what works best for you what might get you the house whereas you know months ago buyers were saying and they're still saying a little bit like can i offer less than full price can i do a home inspection can i try a home sale contingency the answer is yes give it a shot absolutely yeah. i've i've seen contingencies come back recently and i just closed a sale with a home sale contingency um last week and we were impacted by the hurricane down in Florida. The buyer had to sell in Florida. There was some delays on the lending side, but everybody worked together and we got through it. In my yep. experience, if the buyer really wants to buy the house and the seller really wants to sell the house, there's usually a way if you have people working together and asking the right questions and being a little bit of creative in their problem solving to get it done. And, awesome. and Angie, correct me if I'm wrong, having that local um, kind of you know, agents who specialize in certain areas they're in rather than, oh, my cousin is a agent out in Worcester. He's going to yeah. represent me in this. You know, can you talk to how, you know, most of the agents you're going to be working with, yeah. the same with loan officers knowing, you know, totally having a, local team, having a local team is smart. Um, listen, if I'm representing a seller, my job is to get the best deal for the seller. And that might come from that agent from out of the market, right? That's, and sometimes that's okay. But if I know them, 
if I'm presenting offers to a seller, if I know the other agents, I've had a good experience with them, we work well together. And if I know the loan officer, I am sharing that information with the seller. That's a big piece of what they're paying for that, that you may not think about. But if I have a proven track record, like with you guys or you know other other partners out there, agents out there, that it's going to go smoothly. That's that I can give my client a lot of assurance. Attorney too. So it's if you're thinking about becoming a buyer, it would really be in your best interest to find someone who specializes in the local area, who's obviously full time, not just not a friends and family agent who's doing business like with strangers, right? It's a real mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. um, and a local, a local loan officer is going to give you an advantage in getting the deal done. Maybe it would even help you get the house for a little bit less because that agent can say to the seller, I know it's going to go smoothly. Look, may, maybe it's not your number, but I can assure you these guys are going to get you to the closing table. Whereas before in the spring, it was like having a local lender would help you get the house in multiple offers. Mm -hmm. it, something completely random that was a disadvantage. So yeah, I can't emphasize it enough. It, the, the team approach is the way to go and you're going to have a better outcome if you've got your team in place. Don't you wish that we had like a, a real-time probability like calculator? Yeah. So, so you could say the probability of you closing with <laughs> this lender and this real estate agent is X. Yeah. You know why I say that? Because on my little pseudo kind of day off on Monday, which was not a day off because we were busy. Um, but later in the day, I kind of turned off the phone a little bit and I was watching a movie with uh, my wife and one of my sons and it was Along Came Polly. Mm -hmm. And I haven't seen that movie with Ben Stiller in a long time. And he works for that insurance. Mm -hmm. he, he works for that insurance company and he's got the yeah. probability indicator oh, yeah. for yeah. like his relationship and for insurance reasons yeah. to insure people. Imagine if we had that like for uh, real estate, like a probability meter of things happening, probably yeah. make it much easier for the seller to make decisions. But mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, we depend on local people to become our probability meter. And that's really right. important, everybody. So, all right. Well, we got a really good download of that Hingham Marketplace. So let's learn a couple quick, fun things about you, Angie. You ready for these hardcore questions? All right, I'm ready. All right. So what was one of the funniest scenarios or transactions you have done and why? Or what is one, one thing that you've witnessed that you're like, oh my gosh, this is crazy in real estate? Like I've heard some doozies, by the way. There are so there have been so many. And once I'm retired, and this I think most agents would say this, once I'm retired, I can really let you know because confidentiality is one of our fiduciary responsibilities. Um, but there are so many things that have made me laugh, like you can't make it up. Um, I've definitely dealt with animals like dead possums, picking up a <laughs> Picking up dead possum at a walkthrough, picking up a picking up a dead bird in my hand before a showing and throwing it to the side, picking up dead mice, finding a dog in the basement, which was actually really sad and a little scary. Oh. Um, I guess I would do categories. There's like animal encounters, and then there's like weird things left at walkthroughs. <laughs> an agent, an agent told us the other day at a meeting we went to, she went in and there was three three guns. There was guns. She's oh, like, yeah. she oh. had to call this. She called the seller and it was like, Hey, I just found this blanket, like rifles, you know, with like three, like old school, you know, like hunting rifles or whatever. I, I so, have those. Um, a lot, of, a lot of people leave their weed. You find that all the yeah, time. Yeah. Um, That's a good find though. For some <laughs> I am a freezer filled to the brim jam packed with 
frozen bags of shrimp dumplings. That was a weird one. Oh, Um, that could be a good one too. (laughs) We recently found a closet full of wigs that was left behind. There's just funny, funny, funny stuff. So I would say it's like animal encounters, weird things you find. Um, Sometimes there's like a young adult man that doesn't have anywhere to go that you find in a room when you're showing a house. It's usually like a kid playing video games in the dark. That happens a lot. Um, I had uh, one one thing I will say is like 1-800-GOT-JUNK is my best friend. Like they are there. My accountant was like, why did you spend so much money on 1-800-GOT-JUNK? They just make all these problems go away. Because you find you just find weird stuff. Right. Obviously, there's all the funny people situations, but there's funny, there's funny stuff situations too. So I, and I actually had, GOT-JUNK could not solve this. Last December, I had a seller leave a boat, like a huge sailboat. <laughs> <laughs> and we had to do a hold back. We had to do a hold back when the attorney holds back money. So did they not want the boat? Got it out. They didn't want it and they weren't getting it out. It was like, what are we going to do? So we, we, I think we took like held $5,000 back till they got it out, but it went on for weeks. Like we had to get rid of the boat. Huh. I yeah. I, I've gotten, I've gotten a couple, uh, I've got, I've gotten a couple, um, what's it called? Uh, random things from open houses. When I, when I worked in house for a real estate company and did their mortgages, people yeah. would be like, Hey Pete, do you want a piano? Do you right. want a cat? Do you want, a cat. Um, do you want these cool oh. plants? And I'd be like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. And it was really the realtor just trying to get rid of the stuff. Wanted me cause I'm a bigger guy. They wanted me to go move it for them. Basically. People don't want your stuff. They do not yeah. want your stuff. They do not want your old baskets. They don't want the um, trash bucket in the bathroom. They they don't want your stuff. Yeah. Unless they marked it and they do want it and the seller takes it. I've seen that too. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's not, not, not been cool. All right. So if you were alone in your car and Mm -hmm. you just wanted to crank music, what would be the song that you would sing out loud in your car? So there are so many, this is, this is something that I do all the time. Always have, if you see me driving around, I'm probably going to be singing in the car. And when I find like a banger that I love, I'll listen to, <laughs> I will listen to it over and over and over and over and over like 12 times in a row. And then your um, kids, like your kids complain that you keep playing the same song yeah, why do you over play the same and over. Words? Yeah. So I'm a big music person. I make playlists. When I swear, I have one I love. I throw it on this playlist on Spotify. I have called Ultimate Supreme. It's like my top songs. But um, I feel like if I just need to run through a wall, I would put on like Enter Sandman by Metallica or something. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Nick, that was the last song I think I thought, last, I thought I'd hear from Angie. Last fall, last fall, I was really into that Kate Bush song, Running Up That Hill, which is just like a weird 80s. Yeah song and then all of a sudden it was and people were like why are you into this I'm like I don't know I just like it I've always liked it and then it was in Stranger Things and then next thing I know it's like on Kiss 108 and all over TikTok so yeah oh yeah it's in commercials now everywhere it's yep it's everywhere yeah no that's that's a big thing for me like if I need to get the energy up or change the mood in between sometimes in between showings you get a little kind of tired and kind of burn out so I will just pick a song and get myself pumped back up again. Well, I'll tell you what, just a real quick thing on music real quick. We were in the car this morning at the bright early time of 6 a.m. driving my kids to Derby Street to get the bus Mm -hmm. to go to school. And um, long story short, um, we were listening to the radio and we heard that, I think his name's Sam Hunt. Yeah. Stand By Me, that song. I think that's the name of it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Sam, yeah. Sam Smith. Sorry. Sam Smith. Sam Smith. Tom Petty's uh, Tom Petty's estate just sued Sam Smith and won because if you think about that song, um, I won't back down. Do they think it's like I won't back down? He, the, Tom yeah. Petty's team won, and it's won't back down. Like ah, I guess the background. Yeah, I guess the background like the music of it sounds exactly. The yeah. Same. Yes. Well, if you start thinking about it, and then so of course my son who plays piano and sings, he's just like, yeah. oh my gosh, he's like, Dad, I, now I got another song I can add to my list because he he plays the other one on piano and sings it. But he, but yeah, I mean. Yeah. I've heard that song, that Sam Smith song, like no less than 500 times in my That's car a, with my son. So. They're both great songs, but I'm yeah. a big Tom Petty fan. Both great songs. So we are going to show everybody Angie's contact information here. So Angie Stevenson, you can reach her on her cell, 774-269-9560. Or you can shoot her an email at Angela.Stevenson, S-T-E-V. E-N-S-O-N at compass.com. You could hit her up on Insta at Angela Stevenson underscore real estate. Um, but yeah, hey, thank you so much for, uh, you know, coming today. We really, really appreciate it. And um, yeah, we're hoping we'll be able to uh, get you some business and do some business here with you shortly. One, one last question for Angie. Yes. One thing that you either learned the hard way or wish you learned way earlier on doing real estate, what is that? And like, how did you come about it? Oh yes, it's not for the lone wolf type. It's you, a lot of people get into real estate because they're like, I'm so independent and I can work at my own pace and I'm self-motivated. But in reality, it's a relationship business. It's in relationships with other agents, with lenders, with attorneys, with other agents matter so much, especially as we get into a market like we're entering now. So mm -hmm. that was something that I didn't understand. But when I got it, everything really started to click. So for sure. Awesome. Sounds good. So again, I'm going to show the contact information here. Angie Stevenson, give her a ring. Everything South Shore. Thank you so mm -hmm. much for coming. Yes. Really, Thank really you. appreciate it. You guys All are right. great. There's nothing I would rather do than talk about real estate. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All so right. that's Angie Stevenson, everybody. So we are going to get into real quick our product of the week. Mm -hmm. um, so with the buyer temperature, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty hot out there, Nick. Um, you know, one thing that we've been educating, and Angie, thanks for staying here, um, is that, you know, really there are options to get you into a lower rate, plain and simple. And one of the most creative ways that we've had that, you know, I'm going to roll back to some of my 20 years here in this business about 12 years ago. Um, you know, basically we, when, you know, 2010, 2012, that timeline right after the kind of, um, you know, rate crisis happened then, we had products and one of them was called a buy down. So the buy downs are back. So the way that a buy down works is, is that we have the ability as a lender or the seller has the ability to give the buyer a sum of money that over the first either two or three years of that mortgage term will buy down the rate temporarily. So the cost on average, Nick, what, a little over two points. Yep. So if you're buying a $500,000 home, you're looking between ten dollars and $11,000 for that. Now, the great thing is, as a buyer, you're not paying that. The seller is, or me as a lender is paying that for you. Um, so 
um, the other great thing is, is that those funds go into an escrow account. So in 12 months, if rates drop down to 4% and you're like, hey, I want to refi, which will be the first person to call you to do that. Um, when we refinance you, you get that money back, whatever's left in that escrow account. So it's a win-win. And just as an example, what does a 2-1 buy-down look like? If today's rate, let's say, is 6% on a 30-year fixed uh, for your purchase, in year one, your rate would be 4%. In year two, your rate would be 5%. And then in year three, for the rest of that 30-year fixed mortgage. So for the, the 27 additional years, your rate will be that 6% if you don't refi. But again, this really helps savings. And that example I just talked about, in, in year one, you're saving $718 a month. In year two, you're saving $372 a month. So the ability to save out of the gate, you know, a couple things. Again, it's limited to, if you're a builder out there, by the way, builder can give the credit, a seller can give a credit, or the lender can give that credit. Um, but we have that with loan amounts all the way up to $775,000 today. Um, we do actually have a few jumbo products in certain counties as well in Massachusetts and other states that we can offer it. But it's a really quick, easy way. If you're not into an ARM, okay, an adjustable rate mortgage, which we've been selling, we, Angie, we were talking about this pre-show about, I don't know, Nick, 80% of the loans we're writing today, maybe, maybe yeah. even higher. Yeah. Um, we've been writing... Um, you know, arms. So adjustable rate mortgages are another great way to kind of bridge you to that 12 to 18 month timeline where we think inflation will start going down. And once that happens, rates will go down. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, getting a rate in the high fours or low fives is a really good deal these days. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, in August, Nick, I mean, I've got some arms that are still ready to close right now at four and a quarter, yeah. four and an eighth. Mm -hmm. Right. So, Again, if you were the lucky ones to lock in then, good for you. Um, but hey, listen, we're all about the plan. And you got to think of your home as, well, it's most likely your greatest asset out there. So if it's your greatest asset, like you got to think of it like a financial plan, like you would your 401k or, uh, you know, stock savings or some sort of uh, investment that you have out there. You've got to think of this as a plan. It's not just, oh, I'm going to get a 30-year fixed and I'm going to keep that rate for all 30 years, right? It's mm -hmm. not like a car loan, right? So we've seen a lot of people actually refinance car loans, refinance student loans. Your home, we can do the same thing, right? And I'm going to tell you right now, over the last four years, we've done thousands of thousands of refis. Like, can't even tell you how many we've done. And a lot of them have been with no closing costs. And folks, I'm not talking about rolling costs in. I'm talking about we actually pay the cost for you. Okay. Now that's going to be state dependent. Okay. Um, some states actually charge a tax for refinancing, but in most states they don't. So, you know, remember when you refinance, the cost of actually closing is a lot lower than when you purchase because there's not as many insurances you need. The attorney fees slash title fees are lower. Um, and some of our fees are, you know, adjusted lower as well. So anyways, the buy down is our product of the week. Um, and, you know, again, with our buyer temperature actually getting very hot this week, I'd say we had more engagements over the last two weeks than we had in the previous two weeks prior to that, leading up to kind of end of September, mid-September. So 
you know, we feel like this market's going to catch on fire with uh, inventory in there. Um, and, you know, hey, I think we're in we're in for a good few months here to end the year and make it a good fourth quarter. Um, and really, you know, if you're a lender out there, a buyer, a seller or a real estate agent, you know, we hope you tune into this weekly so we can give you this great information. Again, I want to thank Angie Stevenson for uh, joining us here. And I'm going to just pop in our quick disclaimer. We're an equal housing opportunity lender. All loans are subject to underwriting approval. Certain restrictions may apply for anything that we said. Call for details. Cross Country Mortgage LLC, NMLS number 3029. You can go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org to learn about us or www.crosscountrymortgage.com. My NMLS is 12344. It's not a great number. And then Nix's NMLS number 998103 because he hasn't been in the business as long. So anyways, that's a wrap for us today. Thank you so much, Angie. Appreciate you. Nick, as always, see you in about two minutes. Talk to you all soon. Thank you.